Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. I did not hear the chiming of the Trinity. I'm not sure if you did or not, but we will go ahead and move to the call to worship with Rick and Jenny Poole, and then we'll move on from there. In the darkest valley. At the banquet table. In the hard work of life. At the moments of ease. In our day-to-day reality. At times set aside. Like this time, now. For worship, for listening, for paying attention. With every step we take. Goodness and mercy follow us. Our cups overflow. Let us bow together. Our eternal and almighty God, we come into your presence. Your word tells us that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Father, we draw near to you in praise. We praise you because you are the giver of all good things. You give us your love. You give us your mercy. You give us peace. You give us comfort. You give us strength. And you give us hope. Father, we praise you for being our Father in heaven for hearing our prayers. We praise you for your word that instructs us and guides us and leads us in our daily lives. And Father, during this time of worship, we ask, Father, that you would stir our hearts, encourage us to walk with you and walk with Christ. In his name we pray, amen.
our scripture reading is from Psalms 106, verses 1 through 6, and then 19 through 23. Hear these words. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who may maintain justice, who constantly do what is right. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join in your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned, even as our fathers did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. At Horeb, we made a calf and worshiped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. So he said he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. The word of the Lord. I've chosen some praise hymns today for us to sing. The first one is Holy, Holy, Holy. And the next one is I'll Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him, Lord of all. Our scripture reading this morning is from Exodus 32, verses 1 through 14. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron, and they said to him, Come, make gods for us, who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it into a mold, and cast an image of a calf 
and they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hard against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath. Change your mind. Do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heavens, and all this land I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger While traveling through this world below there is no sickness, toil, or danger in that right world to which I go. I'm going there to see my father. I'm going there no more to roam. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going alone. I know dark clouds will gather on me. I know my path is rough and steep. But golden fields lie gathered for me. Where we there to see my mother. She said she'd meet me when I come. I'm only going over Jordan. I'm only going over home. 
soon be free from every trial. This form will rest beneath the sun. I'll drop the cross of self-denial and enter in my home with God. Moses was gone for at least 40 days, so there's no wonder that the crowd is getting a bit restless. And they don't really know where Moses is gone, and they're not really sure when he's coming back. So they, uh, they have a little proposal for Aaron. And they say to Aaron, would you make some gods for us? who will go out before us since this Moses character is now missing in action, we could really use someone. And so Aaron does. Which begs the question, why? Why would Aaron do such a foolish thing? Well, it can be hard to go against the grain. Or, or to say it another way, it's much easier to just give the people what they're asking for. They're asking, so just give it to them. And that's what Aaron did. But the truth is, that is not a minister's job. Ministers are not called to do what the congregation wants them to do. Ministers are called to do what God would have them to do. Now, this doesn't mean that ministers always get it right. Lord knows we do not. Look at Aaron. He fails miserably here. It also doesn't mean that ministers are somehow not to be questioned. But it should be clear that ministers are not simply to respond to the whims of such foolish requests. Our calling is to speak the truth as best we can. I, I have heard it put this way. The old adage says it like this. The job of a minister is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And that's not bad. That is a significant part of the calling, and that is actually a pretty good way to sum it up in a couple of sentences. So the truth is... Um, that's not always easy to do. It's not easy to discern 
when to comfort and when to afflict and when to poke and when to prod and when to offer the warm arms of embrace. And so I have quite a bit of empathy for Aaron. And, and I want to offer a couple of words in defense of Aaron because the truth is it's just easy to go right at him. But here are a couple of words of defense. You may give the people what they want because you genuinely care about them. Sometimes it's hard to say no to people. Any of you who are parents, you know that can be really true. You know it's probably not the best thing for your kids, but they are begging and they are pleading, and, and sometimes you just go ahead and say yes, even when you know maybe you shouldn't. There's also a pragmatic reason that you might give folks what they're asking for, because not every hill is the one on which to die. Okay, well, this is what they're asking for. I'll just give it to them. And there's also some strategy in that, because if you want people to really hear the hard truth, well, you have to say it in a way in which it can be heard. And so maybe you bend a little bit this week, knowing next week you kind of sneak up on them with the hard truth of the gospel. So there's a strategic element there, perhaps. But sometimes it's even more pragmatic than that. Sometimes the preacher just gives you what you want because he doesn't want to lose his job. That happens sometimes. And in these polarized days that we live in, trust me, ministers are carefully weighing their words because there's no telling how they will be heard. Now, with all this said, with a little empathy for Aaron, because I think he, we owe him a little, let me just clearly say, boy, he drops the ball. He really messes up. He literally creates an idol for them to worship, which, which is almost comical in our context. I mean, when's the last time you saw someone worshiping a golden calf? The whole image is just a bit foolish, isn't it? I mean, that we would literally do such things. <laughs> and then what's really comical is Aaron's response when he's talking to Moses a little later, just past where our reading ended. He says, Aaron says this, he says, well, I just, I just threw the gold in the fire and out came this calf. I mean, I don't know how it happened. It's like the gold had a mind of its own or something, and the gold just sort of magically transformed into... A calf. Ridiculous, really, the whole thing. Because here's the deal. Idols don't usually look like golden calves. That's not how it works. The tempter doesn't have red horns and a pitchfork. I mean, that's just not how it happens. You see, the idols that we worship look nothing like golden calves. And in fact, the idols that we worship really aren't all that bad. In fact, sometimes the idols that get us the most are actually good things. Uh, take the family, for example. There's actually a commandment about honoring your father and your mother. But it is possible, it's very possible, in fact, to have such a love for your own family that you neglect those who are not a part of your family. Or, or to have such a love of your own family that the blood family 
becomes much thicker than the water family. And by water family, I mean the baptized, the church, the community that we are called first and foremost to be a part of. You see, idolatry usually isn't about loving the wrong things. It's about getting the loves out of order. It's about replacing God, the one who is of ultimate significance, with things that aren't, like success and status and affluence and money and sports and politics, and the list could just go on and on and on. Oh, we know all about idolatry, even though we know nothing about golden calves. Now, if the people and Aaron give us an example of what not to do, then Moses actually gives us a little hope. Shows us who we are to be. Now, God is quite angry at this stubborn group of ungrateful idolaters, and I don't blame God. I'll be angry at them, too. And he says to Moses, he says, Now leave me alone, Moses, so that my wrath can burn hot against them and so that I may consume them. God is fed up, is angry. I mean mad. And Moses says, Not so fast. Not so fast. Moses goes to bat for these stubborn folks. Moses shows us a bit of holy grit. He stands up in the midst of the Almighty and he just says, whoa, 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 easy now. And Moses does this because he loves this group of stubborn folks because he's their shepherd. And that's what a shepherd does. And he knows that they don't deserve God's mercy. He gets that. I mean, he doesn't deserve it either, and I don't deserve it either, right? But Moses has learned something. Moses learned something while he was on the mountain with God. Moses has learned that God is merciful. Yes, God is angry. Yes, God gets angry. Yes, God has every right to be angry. But Moses has learned that anger is not the final word. The final word is mercy. And so Moses reminds God about his promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And, and then he reminds God, he's like, look, you freed them from the Egyptians. You've, you've brought them out here. Please don't kill them now. This will all be for nothing. And Moses pleads his case. And here's what the text says. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. God changes his mind. And God changed his mind because the very core of who God is doesn't change. The very core, the very essence of God is mercy and grace. And love. And that is the calling of a minister. To remind people about God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And by minister, I hope you realize I'm not talking about just me here. Or people like me that have reverend in front of their names. I don't mean that at all. If you have been baptized, 
You are a minister of the gospel, and that is our central calling. It is up to you and me to show and tell the world about the mercy and grace of God because that, that is who God is. And you can count on that. Amen. Now let's take a moment as the piano plays and let's ponder the goodness of God's love and God's mercy. I have a couple of words before we pray together this morning. I do want to remind you of our mission emphasis for this month. 
Uh, we did get word from Tron Elementary School what is most needed right now are, um, is hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes. There was one other item on that list. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's on your emails. And so if you want to begin to bring those to the activity building, you can do so Monday through Thursday from 9 until noon. You can just bring them in and place them inside the door there. There'll be a place designated for you. And that will be one way that we can continue to minister uh, to our community during this time. Also had one prayer concern that was texted to me this morning that I wanted to share with you. Many of you know Pilar Pace. Her grandson, Eli, is, is quite ill with encephalitis. He's a young child. I'm not, Eli's just a few years old, and he's at Mission Hospital, and, and she had te texted that we pray for him this morning. So we will do that, as we will pray for many others as well. And so now I want to invite you to pray with me. So let us pray. Loving God, your mercy and your grace not only have the final word, but they also have the first word. You have breathed life into us. As your servant John Claypool said, life is gift, birth is windfall. None of us earned our way into this world by what we did or did not do. It was given to us out of pure generosity and out of everlasting mercy. So help us to make the best of this gift. Help us to live it fully with conviction and purpose. Help us to be the people that you already know us to be. So that we might be instruments of mercy and grace. So that we might be instruments of reconciliation and healing. Oh, Lord, may you heal us and may you heal the whole world. Rid the world of this virus and rid the world of all that wounds and destroys. Heal, oh, Lord, especially these whom we name aloud. I invite you to unmute yourself and to offer the names of those who need God's help. Debbie Gibbs. Erica. Kim Dempsey. Andrew McPotter. Barry Mabry. Ashton Owens. Barry and Bob. Heal the ones we have named, O oh Lord. Heal the ones left unnamed. Heal the ones unknown to us. We pray all of these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us to pray. And now I invite you to unmute yourself and to join together as we pray the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, Lord, in heaven. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and there's a Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm just looking at you for a minute here on the screen. It's good to see all of you. It was good to see you praying together. Good to see you singing. It's good to be together in this way. So I look forward to the time when we can be together again in person. I will say that we had a, a, a good Vespers gathering last Sunday evening in the back church parking lot. Uh, we, I thought everyone did a really good job of following the guidelines, and it was a nice time to be together and to pray together. We will do that again at the end of October, the last Sunday in October. Maybe by that point, the uh, construction will be over. We're not sure. Uh, it's in a couple of weeks. It's just, you know, in a couple of weeks. It's in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's getting close. It's getting close, and uh, we will be grateful when we can uh, have it finished and let you come in and take a good look and see things uh, as we know that you will, as, as we know you will want to. So I'm going to stop rambling on now so that I don't go over our time. But it has been good to be with you, and it has been good to worship together. Here's the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother. Children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. Feel free to hang around and chat with each other and say hello. I hope you have a great week. And thank